You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode number 35. Well, hello again, my dear Killer B. We meet again in the podcast closet, where every week I stand in my closet and talk to you about the fitness matters that matter to you. And you guys, you guys, I know we're starting off on a silly note here because this is such an interesting topic today. We are talking about commitment. And I have I have so much to say about this topic that I am actually really kind of struggling to put it into any kind of order or any kind of anything. And this is this is something that happens to me with some frequency, honestly. I came in here with very, very few notes on my notebook, and I'm going to wing it. We'll just see how this works, right? Here's the thing about commitment. Here's, here's the thing that I have noticed about commitment. Being a fitness trainer, I think that commitment is something that is important to your fitness journey, to your weight loss journey, to your, your way to your goals, to your ultimate destination of whatever it is that you want out of your life. And I notice, though, that a lot of clients that I work with and a lot of people that I meet on the internet and in Facebook groups and on YouTube and everywhere I go, that that what I hear a lot of is, oh, yeah, you know, I'm trying to eat healthy. Or that's such a good idea to get up early and work out every day. Or, oh, yeah, I really should exercise regularly. Huh. What I notice, what I notice from people who say that they want to get healthy, they say they want to meet fitness goals, they say they want to lose weight, they say they want these things for themselves, for their bodies, for their lives, for their livelihood. And yet, and yet the language that I hear really frequently is non-committal. It is very vague, very open, very, well, we'll just see what happens. And I actually have a long history of this myself. When I was thinking about this topic really specifically, I was thinking about, well, I came at it from my perspective right now with my deep commitment to myself and my goals and the things that I want, you know, fitness-wise, and that has always truly always been easier for me. And so when I came to this topic, I was like, okay, you know, here's what I believe. Here's why this is worth it. Here's how this can help you. It's so obvious. It's so easy. And then as I continued to think about commitment and committing to things and, you know, made me think of my marriage, of course, you know, the, one of the biggest commitments that I have in my life and how truly I came at that one, not nervous. I knew I was making the right decision. I honestly, I never had even the tiniest doubt or second thoughts or cold feet or anything. I was, I was eager to marry my husband, but I should have been quite scared. I honestly never dated anybody before him for any real length of time that that worked out well, obviously. Um, He was, by the time we got married, I had been dating him longer than I had dated anybody else prior to him. I'd had serious boyfriends, but not uh, nobody I was willing to commit to, apparently. And I did not see myself as a person who would get married and settle down. I saw myself as somebody who liked to be free, who didn't like to make commitments. I actually spent a lot of my life dodging commitments 
all the time. And I, I, I don't have regrets because I don't believe in regrets. I don't think regrets are helpful. I don't think that thinking about things in a regretful way serves any purpose. And I've actually done a lot of work on self-forgiveness and not having regrets and not feeling guilt about things that are already done. But if, but, (laughs) there's a big but (laughs) right here in this sentence. And if you've listened to the episode about the big but, you hear this. But... If I were going to have a regret, here is one that I have. I would never commit to my sister when she asked me to do things. She asked me to do things all the time. We saw each other very frequently. I don't know if you know, if you are new to the podcast, my sister is deceased. So, so this would be a regret that I have, that she would invite me to things and I'd always be like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll get back to you on that. And I can, I can kind of laugh about it because, again, I don't believe in regrets and I have forgiven myself for being this kind of person. It was, it was a long, long-standing pattern between the two of us. She was bossy. I was passive-aggressive. That's just how we were. So, so I, can, I can laugh about it because she and I both played into this. She knew I'd be there. I never didn't go. I was just very vague about actually committing to going to things. Things. Even though, even though we both knew that, of course, I was going to be there. I was always there. She was always there. That was that was also part of our relationship. No matter what, we were there. But anyway, so I think about, I think about all the times in my life when I have not committed. So, so here's the thing: when I hear you say things like, "Oh yeah, I'm trying," or "I really should," or "Oh yeah." I'll look into that. I have a deep, deep, deep understanding of the mindset that goes into that. There's a part of you that doesn't want to commit to things, that doesn't feel comfortable committing to something for lots of different reasons. Why couldn't I commit to going out to a birthday dinner even though I knew I would go? Hard to say, honestly. I I have done some thoughts on that and it's like, well, I didn't I didn't want to say yes. There there you go. It was me being contrarian maybe. There are all kinds of reasons why you might not like to commit to something. The one that I think of really specifically as far as doing something for your health, doing something for your fitness. I tend to think that a lack of commitment comes from a very, very, very natural wariness. It's not necessarily like passive aggressive towards somebody else or a contrarianness. I do honestly think that it's your brain telling you that something new is scary. Something new is scary. Your brain is supposed to tell you that. It's completely biological and therefore natural that committing to something is going to feel scary. But here's the thing about committing to something. It will really, truly change the trajectory of your life. When you do commit to something, it changes you fundamentally because, and again, coming back to that thing where your brain thinks of something new as scary. When you commit to something, 
your brain thinks about it differently. It doesn't feel new anymore. It feels intriguing or curiosity-driven. It feels doable or exciting. It has a different connotation attached to it, and it has an air of doability, I guess is the word I'm going to use in this sentence. When you commit to something, you are subtly saying to yourself, maybe to other people if you commit to something out loud, you are subtly saying that you believe you can do it. And that, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here comes my spoiler alert. You guys, I do this every time, but here's the spoiler alert. When you believe you can do something, you can. That's that's the thing about commitment. And so what, what exactly do you need to commit to? Well, my friend, you actually need to commit to everything. <laughs> like like from, from the bare bones, very beginning of anything that you have like an inkling of wanting to do, you need to commit to every single part of it. And we think we're committing sometimes. Sometimes we'll get in these positions where we're like, well, yeah, I want to lose weight or I want to run a 5K. And in our minds, we think that's a commitment. We, you know, we look up plans on the internet. We start exercising or we start eating differently or counting our calories. We feel like surely this is a commitment. But there's a subtle difference. And the difference is that there's a part of your brain that is still seeing how it's going to work out. There was plenty of times in my life when I was driving to my sister's house for a Christmas dinner thinking, well, we'll just see if I make it over there. I always did, by the way. Always did. Always was there. But there was still a lack of commitment on my part. I was not committed to being there and having a good time and showing up as a good guest and being friendly and being my best self. And believe me, that definitely showed up lots of times. I was always there, but I wasn't always happy. I wasn't always a good guest. I wasn't always friendly. I wasn't always charming and polite like I could have been. And that was my lack of commitment. When, when you find yourself partway into trying to reach a goal, you'll notice the lack of commitment. You'll notice that sometimes it's hard to eat the right number of calories. Sometimes it's hard to drink the water. Sometimes it's hard to get out for a run. I mean, it's raining, right? There's a difference when you are committed. And it starts, it starts by simply being committed to committing to something. When you, when you say that you have these goals, you need to be committed to the idea of committing to your goal. That's step one. Committing to the idea of commitment. And I know we just got super meta here. We just like peeled back seven layers of the onion when we're talking about commitment, but then we're talking about the commitment to being committed and how committing that is. And then you have to believe that you're committed. I know, I know. This is, this is the great, amazing, wonderful, crazy thing about how our minds work. We, we sense without even... I mean, you could hear me struggling to even kind of explain this without continuing to use the same words over and over, even though they have subtly different meanings with each way that I'm saying them. 
our brains are so subtle and so clever and so amazing and deep and mysterious in so many ways. And yet, and yet truly, they're also very simple. Because you will know the difference when you commit. You'll feel it. It is a feeling in your body that is different from not being committed. How will you know it? Sometimes it's in the language that you use. Sometimes it's in the feeling that you have. Sometimes it's in your actions. There are lots of different ways that you might manifest this commitment. But it does, of course, we just talked about this really recently. It does, of course, come from your thoughts. When you think that you are committed you will think about the things that you are committed to differently, which means that you will feel differently about those things. You will behave differently and you will, here's the part we all want, get different results from this commitment. So here's, here's what we need to do. We need to commit to the idea of committing. And then we need to commit to an actual goal. Here's where we kind of get into the practical stuff, you guys. You say you want something, but you're not really willing to pin it down. I kind of want to lose some weight is not a commitment. It's not nearly the commitment as I am losing 33 and a half pounds. <laughs> really specific, right? Now, now here's the thing. Sometimes... Sometimes being that specific isn't super helpful. Sometimes all you need to do is I am losing weight. We've, we've actually talked a little bit about this too, about goal language and how it changes the way your brain thinks about something. Using an I am statement is part of committed language. It's part of being committed to your goal. And beyond being committed to a singular and specific goal, we need to be committed to figuring out how to get that goal. Not just, okay, I am losing weight, this is going to happen, and then, well, I'm just going to do whatever, you know, whatever this guy over here on the internet tells me to do, and I guess we'll just see what happens. That's, that's not a full commitment either. It's a commitment to trying, absolutely. I'm committed to trying this thing and seeing how it works out. Do you hear how different that is? Then I am committed to figuring out how to make this happen. When you are committed to figuring something out, it means that you can actually really subtly kind of detach from the methods that you're using. It's okay if you're counting calories or you're counting macros or you're counting... I, carbs or, or whatever. I mean, well, macros is carbs and really they're all calories. So it's all kind of the same thing, which is why I was kind of struggling there. But when you are committed to figuring it out, you don't get disappointed when something doesn't seem to be working. You don't get frustrated when something seems to be taking a long time. You're committed to understanding the process because you're committed to the goal, because you're committed to being committed. It takes a lot of the pressure off when you can simply be committed to figuring out how best to get this done. It means also that you will be committed to the tasks 
that you will have to do. I know we all want to be committed to losing weight, but sometimes it's really hard to commit to going for a run. It's really hard to commit to doing your core work. It's really hard to commit to exercising every day or to eating the right number of calories or to whatever it is, whatever the tasks are that you have to do every single day, like drudgery, like boredom, like, ah, I really don't want to do this, but I'm committed. I'm committed. And then, and then we have to be committed to following through, not just doing the tasks a little bit, not just doing the tasks for a while when they feel like I'm totally motivated for this and even a while longer when I'm still kind of pushing through on willpower and then maybe squeaking out one or two more days because, I mean, I really want this, right? No, commitment, commitment follows through and you get to the goal. Commitment follows through even if you end up having to change the tasks or even if you end up having to change how you come about the whole situation. Commitment is commitment to figuring it out, commitment to the tasks, commitment to the goal, commitment to being committed. You also, and maybe this is the hard part, need to be committed to yourself. This is where things can get very tricky. Being committed to a goal feels a little bit outside yourself. It feels like, oh, I'm going for that thing. Even if it's a thing that you want for yourself, even if it's a thing that's going to you know, change the shape of your body or change something that your body can do, it still feels other. But when you are committed and you are committed to yourself, it means that you're doing the work on your mind, on your commitment, on your actions, on your thoughts, on your feelings. Commitment to yourself is a belief in yourself that doesn't just come out of the ether. It comes from commitment. So here we are back again with this circular, this circular logic about how commitment creates commitment. Commitment creates itself because of the idea, the thought of being committed. You guys, I know, I know. <laughs> this, is, this has gone around a little bit. So let me, let me step away from that for a quick second and let's talk about why this can be so good for you. Being committed to something, it can feel, I know that we, I mean, coming back to like committing to my marriage, you know, there's millions of years of jokes about the old ball and chain and what it is to be committed and how it can drag you down and how it saddles you with this responsibility. And I think that is why some of us feel very leery of commitment because it feels like a commitment, like something we are bound to do, like being chained to something. But I will tell you that commitment, especially, especially when it comes to commitment to yourself and commitment to your goals and commitment to your health and your fitness and things that you want for yourself, commitment is actually freedom. Here's why. When you commit to something, it feels very permanent in your brain. It feels like a done deal. It feels like the decision has already been made. 
And some of you are already nodding along because you know that we've talked about this before. We've talked about this a couple of times. I will definitely put you in the show notes wherever you're watching or listening. There will be some way to get to the show notes where you can click on links of other episodes that I reference. But we have talked about making a decision once. Making a decision is a commitment. It's the same, it's the same idea, the same kind of thought. The word commitment has a little bit more gravity to it. Sometimes we make decisions and then we change our mind. But when we make a commitment, it feels like one more layer beyond the decision. And believing that is part of what makes things happen. When you have already made a decision, your brain loves to be efficient and simply follow through on that decision. It's so much easier on your body, which is what your body loves to do. We have talked about this before also. And honestly, we've talked about it enough times that I don't even have a specific episode to point you to. Your body has biological imperatives. Number one is to stay this, to stay alive. Number two is to stay the same as much as possible, which means being really efficient. And then number three is to only adapt when necessary so that you can stay the same. Staying the same is really, really efficient for your body. It's really efficient for your brain. So once you've made a decision that feels like a commitment, it is actually then going to be harder for you to decide something else, to change your mind. When you make a commitment and it's a done deal in your mind, Your brain doesn't want anything to do with trying to decide something else. And I'm going to tell you a little story to the aside here, which I thought was very interesting. I have used the phrase decision fatigue before when we have talked about making the decision once. And I have personally considered that to be like a thing that everybody knows. Like, I mean, you know, we all know that Mark Zuckerberg wears gray t-shirts every day and Barack Obama only has like gray and blue suits because they have such high level thinking to do in the world that they didn't want to spend their time deciding on what to wear that therefore they could spend their brain power on other things. And so I was going to bring that up today and talk about decision fatigue, about how, you know, once you've decided on something, it's easier for your brain to just follow through on that. And the more decisions we try and make, the harder it can be for you that your brain gets really tired of this. And so I, for whatever reason, decided to do like 10 seconds of research on decision fatigue. And there's pages and pages on Google about, about decision fatigue and how it's a real thing and how you have to be really careful. And here's how you can, you know, escape decision fatigue by, you know, wearing the same clothes or, you know, making a decision ahead of time or doing all your big decisions early in the morning or things like this. And there was one article that I read that talked about how decision fatigue isn't really a thing at all. That as it turns out, if you don't believe in decision fatigue, you don't get decision fatigue. That thinking of yourself or people as as things that can only make so many decisions makes that come true. And it was so interesting to me because here I was going to come at you with a decision fatigue argument and yet and yet this article that I read basically proved what we've already been talking about with this meta thing, that whatever you believe is going to come true. 
is going to come true. So if you believe that being committed will help you be committed, you'll be committed. <laughs> and, then, and then it'll work. <laughs> Our brains are so fascinating. So fascinating. But I will tell you a funny story also about believing in decision fatigue and believing in commitment. So my husband and I, long before he was my husband, we had been dating for a couple of months. And I, I feel like this happens to pretty much every couple somewhere relatively early in their relationship where you kind of get to a point where you're like, are we really going to move forward or are we not? And we had a little, a little bobble in our relationship where, where he was kind of backing off a little bit. And I was, you know, trying to put on the, trying to put on the accelerator and he was trying to put on the brakes. And, and we had some, some communication about, you know, are we serious here? We haven't really been dating all that long. Are we exclusive? What are, what are we doing with this? Where is this going? You know, we had the big, where is this going conversation. And there was a couple of days where he wasn't entirely sure where we were going. And, and therefore I wasn't either. And I remember being like, okay, you know, for a girl who can't commit to things, I feel really sad about this. This is, this is really difficult. I had thought that we were going someplace with this. And and then my husband, and this is only funny if you know my husband, but I promise you this is a really funny story and and I don't use it against him. I use it for him because it is it's so apropos of our entire marriage. After a couple of days of kind of hemming and hawing, he came over to my apartment. We were in college. He came over to my apartment and kind of acted like nothing was wrong. Like, you know, of course we're together and of course everything's fine and like what? <laughs> it was super funny. It was such a guy thing to do, but it was super funny. And I, you know, being the girl was like, but we need to talk about this. We need to dissect it endlessly. And I need to understand what you're thinking and what's going on and where we're going from here. <laughs> he said to me, he was like, yeah, I mean, we, we could, you know, break up or date other people or whatever, but I mean, I really like you and you've already met my parents, so we might as well stay together. <laughs> and I tease him after nearly 25 years of marriage that the real reason that we are together after all this time is because I had already met his parents. <laughs> And then, and then, I'm bringing this back around, and then he believed that that commitment was enough. We have both believed that for, well, I mean, we've been dating for over 25 years, for over 25 years now, that that was enough. That belief that we were committed has caused us to be committed. You guys, you guys, this was circular today, as promised. There was, whew, there was a lot. There was a lot, and it, it might take a couple of times through to kind of dissect this and figure out exactly how this works in your life, how you are either being committed or not. You can be in the middle of doing the thing that you think you are committed to and not really be committed Paying attention to how you feel, how you talk to yourself, how you are going about your process of setting your goal, getting your goal. It, it requires some commitment. 
<laughs> you know I want to hear. You know I want to hear now. I mean, first of all, tell me funny stories about, you know, your your long marriage and why you're still married. <laughs> or tell me what is it that you are going to commit to now? What are you seeing in yourself that is different than I'm going to try or I really should or that's a good idea? What are you willing to commit to? You know, I'd love to hear. You guys have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you soon.